There we go. And that is the choice of Byron from George in the Western Cape saying, Jet Set Breakfast, I've been listening to you for years. Please play me Freddie Mercury, the great pretender. So <laughs> someone WhatsApped us to say, um, or messaged us to say, you may know how to pronounce Sicilian and Cicero, but uh, I suppose it was a, a response to that word Korean or Korean, and I wasn't sure how to pronounce it because I'd never heard of it before. Apparently, you do it like this. Korean. So the Korean is that thin uh, skin around a boiled egg. Granny uh, from Peter Maritzburg says, thanks very much, Michelle. I was about to have a boiled egg for breakfast, but changed it to toast. I would say you should do that always if you can't get rid of the Korean, is my personal opinion, but that's just my own taste. 8.25, talking of taste, there is a banana which is sort of called a false banana. It's also called the Ethiopian or Abyssinian banana. It looks like a banana, but some people say it may not be a banana. It's also called the Enset and has been described as a wonder crop for climate change. So what is this thing, the Enset, and um, it is an Ethiopian staple, and how is it going to be a new superfood and a lifesaver? On the line, we've got Professor Mary Scholes. She's a research chair of global change and systems analysis at Wits University at the School of Animal, Plant and Environmental Sciences. That's one hell of a title, Prof. Good morning, everyone, and good morning to all your listeners. So let's talk about the inset, the wonder crop, the false banana, the not banana. What, what is this thing? So thank you for this. It's a very interesting question. It's called a false banana because it looks quite similar to the banana plant, and it is very closely genetically related. However, you cannot eat the fruit of this particular plant. You have to either eat the rhizome, which is like a root beneath the soil surface, or the actual stems. Okay. And so it, whilst it looks like it, we're saying that it is not actually a banana. It's not strictly speaking genetically a, a banana, but that only matters to geneticists. Yeah. It looks like a banana. Okay, so what is it about this thing, this looking like a banana inset that is a wonder crop, that they're saying is a wonder crop with regards to climate change? So um, it, it's kind of dangerous calling things a wonder crop mm. because you're implying that they're going to be able to fill a niche where there isn't something else. So yeah. what this particular crop is capable of doing is it seems to grow in a fairly wide-ranging climatic conditions. Yeah. So it can grow on, on relatively sandy soils and with some uh, rainfall. It doesn't have to have very high rainfall. But remember, it's, uh, it's home to uh, Ethiopia, which is at a much higher altitude yeah. than many other parts, especially of southern Africa. So it could be cultivated more widely than it currently is. Yeah. However, it would be cultivated for its contribution to starch, to carbohydrates oh. in your diet, not necessarily to protein. So we would eat a banana because a banana offers what? I mean, I'm thinking potassium. I'm, I've just made that up off the top of my head, but maybe. What does a banana offer us? And well, you... 
you're very good at making things up <laughs> at the top of your head. Um, essentially, bananas taste nice because they're sweet. Yeah. They have uh, very uh, quickly released sugars, so that's yeah. why a lot of athletes uh, eat bananas when they're playing tennis or running a marathon. But as you say, they also have very high levels of potassium. However, they provide a little bit of, you know, long-term starch, but bananas are actually digested very easily, whereas this NSAID product is not. You have to take these leafy stems and cut them and then very carefully take off all the outer stems and then you pulp it and you turn it into kind of like a a fibrous pulp that you can then boil and, and turn into a porridge, and you do the same thing with the, the below-ground structure, the rhizome. It's, it, it's interesting what you say about using it as um, a starch, because one of our team uh, interestingly said, is this similar to a cassava, for example? Well, it is quite similar to a cassava, um, and, you know, I was thinking about that in a similar way in that um, cassava has been bred genetically over the years and has really improved its overall digestibility and the content. Cassava is, as you say, mostly a starchy product, so you get Mm. a lot of starch from it. So it doesn't have very high protein, but um, it can be used for a range of purposes, like, for example, manufacturing, putting starch into paper, and cardboard hmm. and I suspect this inset would be able to do the same thing however the difficulty is it's much easier to harvest a cassava like a potato and pull it out the ground and eat it like well prepare it and eat it it's much harder to harvest inset and do all the preparation required before it becomes edible but it could possibly come also as a starch additive for other industries. Professor Mary Scholes, thank you so much for joining us. She's the holder of a research chair in the Global Change and Systems Analysis School of Animal, Plant and Environmental Sciences at the University of the Witwatersrand. You learn something every day, as I said earlier, I love it, the false banana, Ethiopia's inset. And if you're talking about high uh, altitude, which is what they grow it, where they grow it in Ethiopia, maybe it could be grown in Gauteng, Johannesburg, because our altitude is so much higher than the rest of the country. Who knows?